So if you guys remember, as we wrapped up chapter 9 of Matthew with the discussion about praying for laborers, right? For the kingdom of God, God's harvest. And then chapter 10, where we'll be this morning, begins with Jesus commissioning or sending out the laborers. So I need to throw out a caution or beware of this, guys. As God has told us to pray for laborers, don't be surprised if you end up being one of those laborers, okay? Got the warning out there? But also know where God calls you, okay, whatever his will may be, he'll give you the grace that's needed in that calling. Amen? Amen. So I want you guys to listen to a story real quick. The story is told of Jesus. He returns to heaven after dying for the sins of mankind. He was greeted by the angel Gabriel. An awesome thing you did, Lord! I think that's how he talks. Um, Gabriel said, Incredible! Does the world know? And Jesus answered, Not really. As a matter of fact, only a few guys in Palestine understand what I did. Well, how's the rest of the world going to understand? I'm entrusting those guys with the message. I'm trusting they will carry my message throughout the world. But what if they don't? Gabriel asked. What what if they decide to go back to their fishing? Or what if they get afraid? Or what if they get tangled up in relationships? What happens if they don't do it? What's the plan then? And Jesus replied, I have no other plan. So what a responsibility. It's a story, but it's a truth, isn't it? He's entrusted us. There's a lot of times I think, man, God, why couldn't we just get raptured the second we believed? Just get out of here. Because this world, it's nuts. Pain, suffering, death. Lord, why don't you just use the angel Gabriel? He did a great job at bringing messages to earth and sharing with humans, right? But this is God's plan. This is the way he wants to do it. So Jesus this morning is going to answer a couple of questions here and how he would make his message permanent and also how he would make his message duplicatable. So he chose men whose hearts he could write his message on. That's who he chose. God knows our hearts. He only knows hearts. Do you guys know that? Okay. I hope you've all received Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior. I hope every single one of you guys have done that. But I don't know if you're really saved or not. That's between you and God. I know a lot of people can do religion and look pretty good. But what's going on on the inside? Do you know him? You see, God wants those whose hearts are soft towards him, that are willing to bow to him, to receive what he has to say, what he has. And he also wants those who would go out in his presence to carry it abroad. So let's look at verse number one here this morning in chapter 10 of Matthew. It says, And when he had called the twelve disciples, To him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So I've entitled this morning's message, Baker's Dozen. Aren't you guys thankful for a Baker's Dozen? I am. 
Okay, let's get some donuts. And one freebie? Oh, yeah! Anyways, where does 13 come up with? Well, Jesus plus the 12, right? We got 13, okay? Uh, does anybody know how the former uh, Baker's doesn't even came about? Have they just always done that? It's just always been a Baker's thing? Don't know? All right, Google it. They were selling slaves. Uh-oh! <laughs> the, dozen, the term dozen comes back from when they were selling slaves. They would sell the prime ones, and then you have these others, and they would group them in 12s and sell them in lots of 12s, and that's where the term dozens came from. Okay. So maybe they threw in a boy or something. Okay. Who knows, huh? So, I want you guys to catch here, his, not just a disciple, but his disciples. Isn't that cool to think about? A lot of disciples out there, but who are his? You guys can jot down John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Okay, that's Jesus' disciples. And then disciples, well, what are these disciples? Well, they were the followers, the apprentices, the pupils, the trainees, the students who sat under Christ, who followed him before there were teachers. So Jesus had many disciples or followers, but these 12 were his leaders, those he commissioned to build his church after he returned to heaven. So they weren't only disciples, but we also know them as the apostles, right? So they were sent forth with a commission. Apostle was used by the Greeks for a personal representations of uh, their king, okay, representatives, ambassadors um, who functioned with, functioned with that uh, king, with the king's authority. And that's what the apostles had. They had the king of kings authority, power to go out. So power, um, there's a paraphrase translation that puts this verse this way, and I like it. It says, he gave them power to kick out evil spirits and to tenderly care for, the bru for bruised and hurt in life's lives. I like that. So this is what they were called to go do. So when he was called into his presence, they received their equipment, power and authority. Okay? Delegated authority is what the uh, apostle Luke says in his account. So the 12 had his power authority against unclean spirits to cast them out. That's pretty cool. There are people demon-possessed today that need to be set free. And we have that authority in Christ, guys. We've talked about that a lot in the last few weeks. Unclean spirits, those refer, of course, to evil spirits, to demons. According to the Jewish purity rituals or laws that they had in place, people in, uh, inhabited by such spirits, they were considered unclean. We're going to cast them out of the city. They can't be around anybody. Um, so healing here, every disease and sickness. Healing in addition to exorcism. Pretty cool job, huh? Um, they served as authentic, or authentic disciples um, because these miracles were accompanying their, their message. So Jesus commands them to validate their commission and message through the substantiated uh, miracles. Now we're going to go on to verses 2 through 4. And I call these guys Team uh, Eclectic. Look at here. We're going to find out who these disciples are. It says, now the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, there's Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. 
James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, and or the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Libius, who is surnamed Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Don't you guys glad like Judas is the last one on the list? I am. You guys, every time the list is laid out in scripture of them, Judas is always last. Okay, maybe I'm just a little more stoked about that than you guys, but I think that's pretty cool. So the 12 apostles, Matthew initially refers to this group as disciples. They're learners. That's what we're doing here today, guys. We're being discipled in the word. The church is given to teach doctrine. Why is doctrine there? To teach us what is right. God wants his church to know what is right. And that happens by being in the word of God. What does he say? So we have the disciples here. They're learners. He calls them apostles, those who are sent out with authority of the sender. So we have here six groups of two or three groups of four uh, companies. You also can jot down if you want to read the other gospels accounts. Mark chapter 3. Verse 13 to 19 also covers these guys. We also see it in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 to 16. And then again in Acts chapter 1. And these guys are about to be sent out two by two onto the mission field. So each time the 12 are listed, Peter is always mentioned first. Okay, because of the uh, preeminence there and also Judas last so first Paul seemed to have been uh, discipled by Barnabas but Barnabas was more prominent figure we read about that in Acts 13 and then that changes in verse 13 okay and that should be happening as people are discipled and they're called you know that's what we should see happening people are rising up and doing more ministry stepping into callings that god has upon their lives i want you to also note it was common to have a nickname how many of you guys have a nickname who has a nickname they want to share and be a little vulnerable this morning with us oh you guys all right so uh, Peter, okay, there's different names because there's a lot of different languages that were being used very close to each other during that time. Like, I think Peter's a good example of that. What's another name for Peter? Stone, Stone right? Okay, so the Greek name, okay, uh, Peter, um, he, he changed, Jesus changed his name to the rock, <laughs> means rock. But then we have Simon Peter, right? Simon was used as his Hebrew name, and then Cephas, uh, Aramaic, was being spoken in the day. So that was an Aramaic name. So it depends on who he was speaking to. <laughs> He'd use his nickname for whichever one he was with. So if you look at your outlines that are passed out this morning, we're going to look at company number one here. First, we see Peter, right? He's generally listed first, but it also means that he's a leader. And you guys know that the Lord puts leaders among leaders? It just happens, okay? There's going to be men that step up or women that step up that are going to be in a place of leading others, okay? I don't go to a whole lot of conferences, but I leave for Chicago tomorrow to take in a three-day conference um, on church, on pastoring, 
I'm leading and I'm going and I'm taking in from a brother that I see has done really well with leading his flock. He's kept it very vertical, always about Jesus, you know, and I appreciate that. Years of ministry, the experience of things he's learned that he's able to pass on. And there's going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other pastors there because God has just raised this man up to be a leader among leaders. And I'm so thankful that there's those type of people out there, okay? Because we don't have it all together. You guys know that? Okay, we always can be learning. And I also have a conviction you only can lead as far as you've gone. Okay, so if, men, if you want to lead your families well, you only can take them as far as you have gone. So I encourage you guys, press in, keep seeking the Lord, be intimate with him. Um, know, you, know, you guys understand what I'm saying? So uh, we have Peter here. Uh, also, Simon's name to Peter, little stone, uh, solid stone he became. Uh, and who, who introduced Peter to the Lord? He had a brother, Andrew, right? So these two together, his brother. So what a blessing when brothers in the flesh become brothers in the spirit. Are some of you guys still praying for a brother or sister who has not been saved yet? Do not stop praying for them, okay? God is able to do that. Keep praying for them. Don't give up on them. So he first found his own brother, Simon, we're told. In first or in John one forty one. So Andrew Andrew always seems to be in his brother's shadow. You guys ever struggle with that? You know, I, I wonder if it even mattered to him. I don't know if he even cared. He's just like, Hey, I'm saved. Okay, the Messiah's called me to follow him. <laughs> you know? Um, so have you grown up under your brother or sister's shadow? You know, what really matters? Well, Jesus is what really matters. And then we have James and John, the two sons of thunder, right? Okay. Um, let's call lightning down from heaven, God, and smite these guys. How dare they oppose you, right? Um, so they were not necess- it's not necessarily a title, a good title to have, um, but um, they had tempers. That's what we gather from that. But it's cool because we have John, okay? And as he hung around Jesus, walked with Jesus, he became the apostle of love. Goes from one of the sons of thunder to the apostle of love. And that's what happens when we walk with Jesus, guys. He's going to change us. He's going to make us more like him. And then there's James. He was so early. It, it, he was martyred the, early on. And it's like, what a bummer, you know? Um, Well, John lived the longest out of all of the 12. And then I want to look at the second company that's laid out before us this morning. We have Philip, okay? You guys remember Philip? Um, Nathaniel told him about Jesus. He also brought word to uh, Jesus of the two Greeks uh, that wanted to see him. So Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from Bethsaida by the Sea of Galilee. We see that in John 1.44. And then there's another apostle by the name of Batharamu. Um, not a name, but it's actually uh, his, who his dad was, bar in Aramaic. So it's the son of Tolmai. <laughs> okay, that's what his name means. It was probably Nathaniel. That's what a lot of commentators think on that. But he's never mentioned without and and Nathaniel. 
okay? <laughs> um, so it seemed to be a kind of a man to always be working with other people. Just one of those guys. He was a skeptic, okay? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That was, that's what he was famous for saying. And then we have Thomas. You guys know who Thomas is? He's a doubter, right? Okay, called Didymus or the twin. Okay, John eleven sixteen. He was one that questioned the resurrection of Jesus. Did it really happen? All you other guys were there. You said it happened, but I'm not going to believe until I see with my own eyes and I actually touch them, right? Well, he's, he, he's known as the doubter or doubting Thomas. So praise God for his good questions though, right? You know, where? And why and stuff. I love that. It's good to question. And then we have Matthew, okay? Humbly reminds us that his old dubious occupation of being a tax collector, you know, maybe so, maybe that's who I was, but grace has found me and called me out into a better profession. <laughs> Let's look at the next group. The third company here. James, the son of Alphaeus, the less. Okay, you guys have read that, or the younger, uh, not much is known about him. You guys can look it up yourselves. We're not told a whole lot about this James. Uh, James is only mentioned in the list of the apostles. I, I couldn't find any other references in the scriptures about this guy. Um, Libius or Thaddeus or Jude, uh, he preached in uh, Armenia. Then we have Simon, the Canaanite. Okay, he was a uh, a monkier zealot during his day. He was a part of the Jewish sect that was rising up against uh, uh, the Romans, okay, one of the activists there. Uh, Simon had been a member of this revolutionary Jewish zealot group, a political party that sought to overthrow the Roman Empire that was ruling during the day of Jesus. And then we have Judas Iscariot, okay? So um, he was a traitor, Okay, Jesus sent them out two by two. Um, he's bringing up the rear. Judas is his rightful, or in his rightful place, always last in the list. Iscariot means one that's from Karath, uh, a Judean town. And Jesus gave him the highest trust by watching over the money box or the funds that they had. Yet, he was even a failure in that. And this quality that rendered him useful was the one that prevented him or yeah, perverted him in the end. So money got the best of him. Okay, he he sold his companion for thirty pieces of silver. You know, and it is either you're going to live for money or for God. Can't serve two masters, guys. What are you guys trusting in, money or God? So what a description to have always after your name. The one, Judas, who betrayed him. <laughs> you guys ever got shot in scripture? The one who betrayed him. That's how they you know, make a distinction of who he is. I would not want that. That's the worst. Anyways, so no power in the world could have united these men for this common task. It couldn't happen except the call of Jesus. Why would these guys ever hang out together? I mean, look around this room for a second, guys. Why are we hanging out together? The only thing that could explain this is that Jesus has called us. We're all a little different. We probably wouldn't normally hang out together, but we even love each other. How does that happen? It's because it's supernatural. It's God's calling. It's his doing. Amen?
Can I get a better amen than that? Amen. Okay, good. Thank you. I hope we love each other. Um, no power in the world could do it. It's Jesus. So the call transcended all the previous divisions that were established and now there's a new there's a steadfast fellowship in Christ that's going on even Judas went forth with Christ's work and the fact that he did so will always be a dark riddle and an awful warning okay I can play the game <laughs> is my heart right with God am I really his so, we're going to move on, and this is what I want to conclude with this morning, because this speaks of us, team even more eclectic. Me and you guys, think about this. And I think we should be encouraged by this truth, this, this list of men, okay? By worldly standards, these men had no qualifications at all. How could they be used for the kingdom of God? What did they have? I mean, look at the list, guys. Who are these guys? They're nobodies, okay? Not wealth, no special positions, no special education, uh, not one trained theologian among them here, not high-ranking churchmen. They were just 12 ordinary dudes. That's who they were. Acts 4.13. Actually, let's turn there. I like this verse. This would be a good one for you guys to underline. At least I have it underlined in my Bible. You guys might not have to do it, but I had to. It tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness, okay? So, that, so these people see two of the disciples, Peter and John, and how bold they were. They perceived that they were uneducated. Hey, you guys are bold, but we're perceiving that you're not the smartest. You're untrained uneducated dudes what did they do they marveled they're being bold they're uneducated and we're amazed by what's happening right now they marveled and they really realized what that they had been with jesus what yeah i have people ask all the time well you're a pastor you know where'd you go to school where'd you get your training and I normally just say I've been walking with Jesus a long time. That's what matters. I would rather be with a brother who walks with Jesus than a brother who's got a bunch of degrees up on his wall. You know, there is a place for education. You know, I'm grateful for a season of Bible college, being able to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's good stuff. But it doesn't matter unless you're actually walking with him and living out his word. Amen? So God chooses the foolish things of the world, right? So he didn't pick the influential, the powerful, the learned, or the wise, but he chose good men, simple men, men that were open and easy to mold. So Jesus uses every sort of individual. Are you determined? Are you an adventurous person? Are you original? Are you one of those born leaders? You just know it. People just naturally follow you but sometimes you speak before you think you ever do that I, I do let me tell you this god will chasten you and he will make you steadfast like peter that'll happen are you one of those who's a keen observer 
Okay, you're a deep thinker. You're catching on to things. You're putting together pieces easily. And maybe leadership isn't one of your strong qualities, your number one gift. Well, he will use you for insight and for teaching others, like John. Are you full of questions? Do you doubt? Do you move forward in hesitation? Well, Jesus can train intellectual questioners and use them to bless others, like Thomas, like Nathaniel. Are you a practical man or woman? Familiar with public affairs? Well, if so, Christ might avail himself to your administrative abilities, like he did with Matthew and Simon. Are you a radical political activist? We have any of those? I could see you doing that, Jim. You guys know Jim? He's a zealous brother for Jesus. Anyways, Christ can make you radically active for him. Okay? Keep you going. Like Simon the Zealot. Or, do you have directness, straightforwardness, self-reliance about you? Well, Jesus can take these and enable you... <laughs> to give assurance and confidence to others like James and Andrew did? And do you have an explosive personality? Do you got a temper that God could use like he did with the sons of thunder? Does faith come easy to you? Don't you just, aren't you jealous of those guys that just have faith all the time? Everything's okay. God's got it. I know this just happened. Well, guess what, guys? If you have that type of type of faith okay you don't need a ton of the facts you just have a clear call from jesus this is just simply what jesus has asked me to do christ will utilize your quick faith and emerge you into his service like he did with philip to whom jesus just simply found philip and said to him follow me okay <laughs> that was philip i love that about him and he followed maybe you're unknown inconspicuous unimportant Feel you're always living on someone else's or in someone else's shadows. Like, um, well, Christ can use that also, okay? In your small little corner, like the other James and the other Simon and the other Judas. They were apostles, guys. See, they didn't even bear an exclusive name. So if we consider Team Eclectic, what a beautiful and artistic. Um, individuality that is represented there you guys get what i'm getting at here it's important to understand you be you say when i get to heaven i'm not going to be asked by god landon why weren't you like more like moses he doesn't want me to be like moses but i hope not to hear landon why weren't you landon the landon i meant you to be i don't want to hear that i want to just be who god's made me to be and only do what he's asked me to do. And it's hard. There's a lot of sorting through that we got to get through. But as we seek him, he's going to reveal those things. Show us those things. So don't forget, Jesus worked inward rather than outward. Jesus worked intensively, not extensively. Jesus stamped himself just on a few. Think about this, guys. Just on a few. I kind of think this is fun this morning that we have a smaller group here. You know, and just being a part of a smaller church, too. Think about that. What can God do just through a few? 
Think about it. A few that say, yeah, I'm going to follow you. I'm willing to learn. I'm, willing, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm a disciple of you, Jesus. What could he do there? You see, Jesus just stamped himself on a few and then sent them out to reach many. Jesus wrote, not a line that endured, but much on human hearts. Why is the church still thriving today? Why are people still getting saved? Why is it a, bur- upon the, a burden upon believers' hearts to keep sharing? Because God has done a work in our hearts, in our lives. We know it's legit. It's real. We know that Jesus is the hope of the world. That's why we keep going on. Because God works in our hearts. So don't you love how God can take a worthless, sinful life, wash it by the blood of Christ, put his spirit into it, and then make it a blessing for humanity. That's our God. I want to close with a short poem by Annie Johnston Flint. It's called Christ Has No Hands. It's really short, but it's really cool. Listen, Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in the way. He has no tongue but our tongue to tell men how he died. He has no help but our help to bring them to his side. I like that, guys. He's chosen us, (laughs) simple people, to go share his message. And I think about that, guys. If we're the only Bible, you ever hear it? Anybody say that? You might be the only Bible someone ever reads your life, looking at you, watching you, Christian. The world will ever read. We are the sinner's gospel. We are the scoffer's creed. We are the Lord's last message given in word and deed, right? So what if my type's crooked? What if they're watching me and the print is blurred, What if our hands are too busy with other work than his? What if our feet are walking in sin's allurement? What if our tongue is speaking of things that his lips would spurn? There's a lot of what ifs, guys. And I encourage you, get with Jesus. Seek Jesus Be close to the good shepherd, guys. Because let me tell you what, the what-ifs disappear when we're near him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We'll close in prayer. I have a confession to make quick before we pray. I like superhero movies. But I think in our culture, we we know they're big, they're popular, they make the most money. I think sometimes we buy into the lies that we need to be a superhero. We got to be able to do all of this stuff, be strong enough to pull that off. But it's who we are in Christ that matters, guys. That's where the power comes from. You understand that? It's by his grace. In our weakness, guys, there is strength in him. And when the world sees that, 
our reliance upon him, that's when he's glorified, guys. So it's okay to be normal. It's okay to be broken, to be weak, because that's what God uses. So don't have, I need to be that superhero mentality. Just love Jesus, and you're going to be a hero. That's just how it works out. So, Father, we're thankful on how you do work by your Holy Spirit today, that you haven't given up. You continue, Lord, to change hearts. We thank you for the grace that has found each one of us, God, that said yes to you, to follow you. And I know there's always what-ifs. If I would take my faith more serious, if I'd get more plugged in, if I'd be more bold. God, I pray simply that you'd help us to be near to you, to enjoy you, to have intimacy with you, because I truly believe, Father, that from that, true ministry is going to happen. And it's so cool to see these guys that just walked with you. And I pray we here at Freedom Fellowship would just be those that the world would be amazed as they check us out. And all we could say is we've just been with Jesus. <laughs> That's it. We've just been with you. You're so good and so gracious and so kind to us. Thank you for being a loving father, a good, good God. We thank you so much for your message, Lord. And I do pray, Father, you've told us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And again, that's what you're calling us unto. And I know you have a call on every single man and woman here today. Lord, may we encourage one another, pray for one another. As we, Father, continue to seek you, study your word, Lord. Equip this church just to carry out your mission right here. Lord, we're on the mission field, right in our backyard. So many, Lord, that need you. So help us, Father just to accomplish your purposes, your will. Help us to love you well, to love others well, for your glory. Amen.